Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Turn with me, if you would, today into Mark's Gospel, to the fourth chapter, Mark chapter 4. And I want you to go down to verse number 35. Mark 4, 35. It says, on that same day when evening had come, now Jesus had been preaching uh, along the shores of the Sea of Galilee, uh, just outside of Capernaum, which is a a seacoast town. And he was preaching to the multitudes about different parables and things. And so on that same day, when evening had come, he said to those who were around him, let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose. And the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern asleep on a pillow. Don't you love it? (laughs) Jesus is just asleep, enjoying the ride. Amen. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? There's a lot that could be talked about in this uh, passage. A lot of things could be pulled from it. The thing that I want to focus on today is that when you go through life, there are storms and they arise. Amen. There are a lot of different reasons for storms coming our way. In this particular case, the reason this storm came was because they were in the will of God. If you read the story, the, the, the back story, and then go forward and read what happened, after they got to the other side, there, a, a, a demoniac met them, the man of Gadara. And Jesus ministered to him, cast the devil out of him, set him free, praise God, brought the awareness of God's power to that whole generation or that whole uh, geographical area is what I started to say, that whole area from Decapolis. They, they started spreading the news around about him. When the, when the day was over, they got back in the same boat and went back across the Sea of Galilee, back to Capernaum. So they went over there to minister. Jesus went over there to minister to this one man and see the result that happened. That's why that storm arose. Just because storms arise in your life is not an indication automatically or or necessarily that you're out of the will of God. If you're in the will of God, you will have opposition. The enemy will try to stop if you're, if you're pursuing God's plan, the enemy will try to stop you. Amen. 
Jesus talked about uh, the people who, he said, those who hear my sayings and do them, I will liken him to a man who built his house on a rock. And everything was perfect after that. (laughs) No. He said he built his house on a rock and he said the winds blew, the rains descended, the floods rose, not necessarily in that order, but anyway, that all happened. And beat against that house. He said, those who do not, who hear my word and who do not do them. He said, he's like the man who built his house on the sand. What happened to him? The floods came, the the winds blew, the rain fell. It all beat against that house. Notice the storms of life come to everybody. But if you're founded on the word of God, if you are a doer of the word of God, the storms will come, but you will stand. Your life and and your house represents your life will stand the test if you're built on the word of God. Since storms are coming, since they're coming anyway, you better have your foundation laid on the rock of God's word. And if you do, let me just, if you're in the midst of a test or a trial and everything's beating against your life right now in your house and you're thinking it doesn't even pay to serve God, I'm just like my neighbors. They got this going on. I got the same thing going on. They're, just, they're having this trouble. I'm having the same trouble. What difference does it make? It makes a difference how you are established and what your life is built on because when the storm passes, if you've stayed true to the word of God, your life will stand. Your house will stand, praise God. I I know that from the Bible. I know it because Jesus said it. But I've also proven it out in my life. I've been through, through some storms. I've been through some battles. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. So if you're in the will of God, there will be storms. Amen. But you know, that's not the only reason. There are storms that come because we're not in the will of God. I mean, they come as a direct result. Go over with me to, can anybody guess where I'm turning? Just speak out if you can guess it. Jonah. <laughs> Jonah, turn over to the, that's over there where the pages are stuck together. (laughs) Jonah had been given an assignment from the Lord to go to Nineveh and preach the gospel. But he didn't think a whole lot of of the Ninevites. They were very wicked people, very rebellious, very scoffing and and, uh, mocking and so forth. And he said, God, those people aren't worth it. And so he ran from the presence of the Lord. He got on a ship. Let me, say, let me tell you something. You can't run from the presence of the Lord. <laughs> because wherever you go, he's already there. <laughs> well, amen. Say more about that later. So he's in this boat and everything's going bad. I mean, this terrible storm it says in verse 4, chapter 1, verse 4, a mighty tempest 
arose on the sea and the ship was about to be broken up. I mean, they were in terrible shape. And uh, so the captain came to him and said, Why, what do you mean, sleeper? He, uh, Jonah was asleep. He said, arise and call on your God. Perhaps your God will consider us that we may not perish. And they said to one another, let, come, let us cast lots that we may know for whose cause this trouble has come upon us. So they cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah. <laughs> and they said to him, please tell us. For whose cause is this trouble upon us? What is your occupation? And where do you come from? And what is your country? And what people are you from? He said to them, I'm a Hebrew. And I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. See, they had heard about this God. They were well aware of the God of the Hebrews. The legends were great. And when he told them that he was a Hebrew, and that he was, that he feared the Lord, the God of heaven, I mean the real God. The men were exceedingly afraid. And they said to him, why have you done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. Then they said to him, what shall we do to you that the sea may be calm for us? For the sea was growing more tempestuous. He said that to them, pick me up, And throw me into the sea. Then the sea will become calm for you. For I know this great tempest is because of me. Well, they didn't want to do it right away. But eventually it continued to grow more tempestuous. And so they finally threw him overboard. And uh, the sea ceased from its raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly. And offered a sacrifice to the Lord. And took vows. Well, Jonah was in this trouble because of disobedience. So there are a lot of different reasons that the storms of life come. They can come because of obedience. They can come because of disobedience. Now, uh, Jonah was disobeying a direct command from the Lord. That is not wisdom. That is not a good thing to do. When you know God has told you to do something and you just flat say, I'm not going to do it, brother, you might as well look out because things are not going to turn good until you get back into obedience. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, in both of these occasions, in both of these uh, uh, events here, the, the storm was beating into the boat and was about to break it up. And it was, in Jesus' case, the boat they were on, it was filling with water. It was about to sink. Well, there are a lot of different reasons your boat can sink. Does anybody know what the number one reason is if you have a boat and it's starting to sink? What would, what would be the number one thing to look for? Holes. <laughs> well, glory to God. We're going to pack some holes. Amen. Hallelujah. Don't sink your own boat. Don't sink your own boat. A lot of people are sinking their own boat and they're going, well, the devil's after me. No, the devil's not after you. You're sinking your own boat. Some people don't even need the devil's help. 
Now, disobedience, now in, in Jonah's case, disobedience, if you look at, at the passage, it says that God sent this storm. Now, the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament, in the Old Testament, when you disobeyed a direct commandment of the Lord, the Lord would, would come after you. The Lord sent the storm. Now, in the New Testament, all of our sins, all of our transgressions, all of our disobedience deserves judgment. But Jesus has taken that judgment. The Bible says that he is the propitiation for not only for our sins, but for the sins of the whole world. That word propitiation simply means the satisfaction. Jesus has satisfied God's righteous outbreak against those who do wrong. God has a reason. He's justified. His wrath is justified. But thank God Jesus has taken that wrath. That's why in the New Testament, we're living in a day of unprecedented grace. Unlike anything the world has ever seen. Before the day of grace, before Jesus was raised from the dead, I'm telling you, and after the church is raptured out of here, you're going to see again what the world looks like without grace on it. But right now, the whole world is experiencing God's grace. He is not pouring his wrath out on people. He's not sending storms. He's not sending sickness. He's not sending this woe and this other trouble. That's not what God's doing. God is pouring his mercy out. But when we knock holes in our own boat, then there are consequences. Amen. I've been around a little while And people are often claiming, well, you know, the devil's doing this and the devil's doing that. Well, yeah, but a lot of times we're doing it to ourselves. Amen. Let's let's talk about some some uh, some some holes in our boats. Amen. One thing that we well, there's there's first of all, we talked about disobedience. We've already talked about that. Secondly, a lack of knowledge will sink your boat. Prophet Hosea said, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Lack of knowledge. If you don't know what God's plan and what God's provision is, if you don't know what's been made available to you, the enemy will hoodwink you all of your life. He will steal from you simply because you don't know what belongs to you. And I'm going to tell you, if you think coming to church once a week is enough, you are sadly mistaken. Amen. Some people feel like apparently that, you know, just all I need is just, you know, one 45, 60 minute message and I'm good to go. Once a week. In the early days of the church, they met daily. Every day. And they weren't burdened by it. It wasn't taxing on them. 
They were thrilled to fellowship daily in the, in, with the doctrine and the teaching of the word of God and the fellowship of the apostles and breaking bread together. I mean, they just wanted to be around one another and around the things of God every day. Amen. So, you know, if you're a Sunday morning only person, well, we're glad you're here, but, uh, you know, there's a whole lot more. So, you know, I, uh, Sunday morning's messages can only cover so much. There are some things that, that, that folks never hear that the rest of us know. We have knowledge. We have knowledge in the word of God that <clears throat> the Sunday night crowd and the Wednesday night crowd has knowledge that's greater than the, than the Sunday morning crowd. I got one amen, I think. That's true. There are things ministered on Sunday night and then on Wednesday night and there are things that happen on Monday night that if you're not here, you never know about it. Say, well, I read my Bible at home. Stop lying. Right now, you're in church. You're in church. Don't lie in church. The, if you, if, let me get back to my notes here. The truth is, if you can only drag your carcass to church once a week, you aren't dragging your carcass before the Bible during the week either. You are not. Oh, yes, I, I, I get into the word all the time. No, you don't. I don't believe it. Say whatever you want to. That doesn't add up. Because if you love the word of God that much, you'd be here. Well, praise the Lord. Is everybody okay? Lack of knowledge. Lack of knowledge will strip you of your rights and privileges because if you don't know enough, the devil will keep you bound in every... He knows what you don't know. Amen. Well, I better hurry up because I have 10 of these. The the next one... I don't know what number it is because I lost... Huh? Is this three? The next one's three? Okay. Well, I have that marked down here, but I, anyway. <laughs> Refusing to take that step of faith can result in your ship going under. Refusing to take that step of faith that you know you need to take. You know, in the world, the most successful people in the world are people who are willing to to take a risk. They're the most rewarded. They're the most affluent. They're the, they're, the, they're the people who are the best off. They're the most successful is they're willing to get out of the boat and to, and to do something that's not comfortable. Take some kind. Now, it has to be a calculated risk. It has to be a well-assessed risk. I'm not talking about just doing risky things. Amen. Natural people know that. Well, spiritual people know that too. As believers, we don't take risks, but we do step out in faith 
over the, over the aching void of no evidence, nothing in the natural. When God is, is dealing with you to, to act and you hold back, well, I don't know, I'm, I'm looking for a better time, it doesn't look like it's good, I, you know, all of that is unbelief, boom, just blew a hole in your boat. <laughs> and the enemy is going to come bubbling up in that area that we, t- that we lack faith to act. You know, faith is, is an act. It's not just believing something. There is no faith. It's, there's faith, but it's dead faith. It's like when God formed Adam out of the ground, just reached down and formed him. Who was that that God was holding up by his shoulders? It was Adam. But he was dead. He was there, but he was dead. And God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And he became a living soul, the Bible says. You can have faith, all right. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. But until you act on it, it's, 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 it's not going to produce anything. It's real faith, all right. But it's just waiting on you to act. And when you act, glory to God, on what you know because you got it from God, from the Word, by the Spirit, when you act on it, that's when life comes into it. Glory to God. So a lot of people's boats are, 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 are bubbling. <laughs> and there's trouble and things are going wrong. Well, what did God tell you to do? Act on it. You know, our boats... <laughs> If our lives are, are, are uh, you know, looked at like boats, our boats were designed with limited naviga- navigation, naturally. We can't always see what's out there. And so we have to, ally, we have to rely on the navigation of the Word and the Spirit. God put navigation on the inside of us. And if we're always looking for things to change, looking for some kind of signal that it's the right time to act, you're looking in the natural and you'll get all sorts of confusing messages. All kinds of signals will come to you and one day you'll feel like you, this is the time and the next day you'll be wishing you had stayed home. But we have navigation that's built in on the inside of us. The Word and the Spirit. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Nothing will ever be accomplished in life without taking steps of faith. I'm going to say that again. Nothing will ever be accomplished in life. I'm talking about in the things of God, in the things that God has for you. None of it will be accomplished without taking steps of faith. Stepping out over the aching void of of uncertainty, no evidence, contrary evidence, voices of other people. Nothing takes the place of taking steps of faith. Well, praise the Lord. Let's hurry up. Another another hole that people have in their boats, and that's running from problems. Today, many people have developed a habit of running from their problems. Marriage problems. I know what. I'll just run. I'll just get out of this marriage. 
bills. <laughs> Run from their bills. Running from their job. If you can't keep a job longer than a couple of years and you find yourself just going from one job to another job to another job because people just aren't fair to you, you got a problem. <laughs> it's not the job and it's not the people. It be you. <laughs> yeah. Some people just never prosper because they, they just run. They run from, from trouble. They run from everything that's, that's, well, praise the Lord. When people run from their church. Some people run from their pastor. Running isn't the answer because you're going to face the same problems again and again. The old saying says, you know, you can run all you want to, but wherever you go, there you are. <laughs> and you can't get away from you. Amen. The sooner you learn to face the problem and deal with it, the better off you'll be. I praise the Lord. You know, dealing with problems is, isn't fun when the problem is you. Now, if it's somebody else, oh, it's delightful. It's, it's, oh, it's just wonderful to deal with somebody else's problem. And just, you know, you just feel so empowered, so in, just so uh, informed and so, you know, just uh, uh, enlightened. You just want to be the one that just can straighten them out. That's a lot of fun. It's not nearly as fun looking at your own problems, your own Issues, we call them issues. A lot of times they're just sins, but we call them issues. <laughs> it's not fun looking at our own selves because we have already established a whole list of excuses. Yeah. Every one of your issues, I guarantee you, other people know what they are. But I guarantee you, you've got excuses for them. I do. That's human. People do that. And as long as we keep making excuses, we're running from the problem. Well, praise the Lord. Aren't you glad you came today? <laughs> praise the Lord. We make excuses because we really don't want to change. We want, the, we want the problems to go away. We want the hole to be plugged. We want our boat to float. If we can just manage to do it and stay like we are. If, we can just, if I can just be me and still have God's blessing, wouldn't that be wonderful? If you could just stay like you are, you didn't have to address anything, didn't have to make any adjustments, and God would just bless you and everything would work out. And that's what everybody wants. It just doesn't work. Amen. We're plugging holes. Praise the Lord. There's three things you can't escape by running. Three things you can't escape. Can't escape God. Look at, look at Psalm 139 real quick. I, I love this, this uh, 
this passage. Psalm 139, you probably know what it says, but it's good to look at it. Psalm 139, verse 7 says, Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me. God's not going to leave you alone. And his leading is not always comfortable. The Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness. But in the wilderness was great victory. Jesus didn't, the spirit didn't lead Jesus in the wilderness to be overcome by the devil. Jesus led, the spirit led Jesus into the wilderness to defeat the devil in the wilderness. Amen. He said, uh, even there your hand will lead me and your right hand shall hold me. See, You're not going to get away from God's plan for your life. You know what? The Bible says that the gifts and callings of God are are without repentance. New King James says they're irrevocable. If God, whatever God has planned for your life is not going to change. That plan is not going to change. Even if you never approach any of it, His plan remains the same. When we get to heaven, so I just, you know, I just, I just love Jesus. I don't want to talk about all that. I just, you know, some people it's just, oh, you get, start talking about the word of God. I just love Jesus. I just love Jesus. That's all I know is I just love Jesus. I just love Jesus. Yeah, but what's God saying to you about your life? Oh, I just love Jesus. I just, I think it just needs to be all about Jesus. Well, sometimes you need to examine yourself. Jesus is good, but what about you? (laughs) Well, I just love Jesus. I just love, I I just love Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Well, when you get to heaven, it's going to be about you. Because Jesus is going to be saying, what did you do with the talents, the gifts, the, the things that I placed into your life? What did you do? Well, Jesus, I just love you. Oh, forget about that, Jesus. Come on, let's just hug. Jesus, I'm here and I, I'm in heaven. That's not what it says. Well, glory. Three things you can't escape. Number one, God. And you can't escape. Number two, you can't escape the devil. If you run... From your problems, the devil is going to even be stronger against you. If you think think running from God, you know, well, you know, God's not going to leave you alone, but you think, well, you know, if if I just quit trying to serve him, then the devil will leave you alone. No, he'll just double up, he'll even come against you stronger. He'll lay more attacks for your life and and more traps for you. Well, praise the Lord. You don't have to run. And number three, you've already mentioned this. You can't run from yourself. Wherever you go, there you are. And there your faults are. And be honest. Look, look, Look around to your neighbor. Just say, let's be honest. We all have faults. We all have, we all have areas the reason I wanted you to look at your neighbor because they know them. <laughs> they know your faults. 
And thank God in, the, in, in their mercy, they don't bring them to your attention. We love you. We love one another in spite of one another. That's, that's what Christians do. We love one another even when that other person is not very lovely. We still, we still love you. God does too. But that doesn't solve your faults. His love doesn't make them go away. Need to be dealt with. Running only delays the inevitable. You know, whatever, whatever areas in your life where you know you don't measure up, uh, don't be condemned over those things, certainly. But don't run from them and don't ignore them because those things have consequences. They are holes in your boat. And you can sit, you know, like Jonah. Jesus was sleeping in faith. Jonah was sleeping in stupidity. Jonah was sleeping in denial. There's a difference in faith and denial. Jesus went to sleep because you notice when Jesus told the disciples, you notice what he didn't say? He didn't say, let us get in the boat and go halfway across the Sea of Galilee and drown. That's not what he said. He said, let us get in the boat and let us go to the other side. He went to sleep because he was in faith. Jonah went to sleep because he was in denial. Just going to go to sleep and get away from God. (laughs) Well, no, you're not. The problems are still going to be there. Amen. Well, this is good. This is good. A little different, but it's good. Hallelujah. I'll stop there. That was number four. Was that four? Yeah, that was four. Praise the Lord. I scratched through my numbers and tried to renumber them. That didn't work. Praise God. We'll, we'll, do, we'll do more. Because there are more holes that need to be plugged. Amen. We're not covered. We didn't cover all the holes today. <laughs> Amen. I still hear bubbling. <laughs> I still hear the swirl of water coming in. <laughs> Glory to God. But thank God in his mercy, he tells us how to keep from going under. Amen. The disciples got it. They, when they finally woke up and faced their fears and faced their doubt, they were, in, they were in amazement that God could do through them what he said he could do. That if God said they could go to the other side, bless God, they could go. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Let's stand up. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. We've been called to go to the other side. You know, when the enemy comes to you and says, well, you're going under, you just need to say, no, I'm going to the other side. I am going to the other side. Jesus has sent me on a journey. I'm going to the other side. But when you say that, make sure you don't have holes in your boat. (laughs) Amen. Glory to God. Praise you, Father. We love, love you, Lord. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you, Father, for your grace. That you're not sitting in judgment over us. These things, these holes that we have in our in our boats, in our lives sometimes. You didn't put them there. You're not, Father, you're not 
enforcing those things or, or creating those things. These are things of our own doing. And in every instance, you have a way out. In every trouble, there is a way out. And your spirit is constantly pointing us out of our trouble. He's constantly showing us what we can do to stop the inflow of the water that's trying to wreck our lives. I thank you for that. That is mercy. Father, thank you for your mercy. That you're always helping us, always pointing us higher, always calling us higher. It's a little painful, I know sometimes, Lord, to to admit where the trouble is. But oh, what salvation there is, Father, in coming to our senses and addressing the areas that need to be changed and, and, and doing it with a glad heart. Oh, the benefits, Father, the benefits. Glory to God. And then when the storms of life come that we have no control over, things that come that's not because of anything we've done wrong or anything we're not doing, then we know that they will beat against this house, this life of ours, and it will not fall. Glory to God. Thank you for that, Father. Thank you, Lord, for your word and your spirit. We will be doers of the word, and we will act on the promptings of the Holy Spirit. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.